All right, Dave, before we jump in and talk about uh, episode 203 titled Amarillo of Better Call Saul, uh, I figured we'd do some uh, audience or some listener participation. You ready? Sounds good to me. All right. And this is from our Twitter handle at ISGM podcast. Uh, it's just the easiest way to do it from uh, kind of going forward. Twitter has actually become kind of handy. So uh, Zachary Wynn says, uh, hey, guys, you think Chris Catan's ears are still ringing from last week's brutal diss of Corky Romano by Ken? <laughs> I think uh, Chris Catan is just happy to be mentioned in something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, is, where has he been? <laughs> Could not have said it better myself, Brian. Yep. Uh, Senorito Sifret off Twitter says, uh, greetings from Germany. So, uh, hola, senor. (laughs) (laughs) Guten Tag. (laughs) (laughs) My my German's a little rusty, but hola, amigo. Gracias a que escudar nuestro podcast. (laughs) Andy McAfee, uh, kind of, I think he subscribes to your idea that, uh, that Kim, um, Kim is going to die. He says, uh, Jimmy's relationship with Kim keeps him on the straight and narrow sort of until Kim's possible future death pays the way for Jimmy to make way for Saul. I don't know if I buy the whole Kim's going to die thing. Makes sense. I can see that being the traumatic experience that brings out the Saul at the end, you know, the ultimate, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do I it more as a joke, th- man. I don't really think all these people are going <laughs> to die. Maybe Chuck will like OD from his, uh, allergy to, electromagnetic waves or something mm-hmm. but other than that no gotcha or yes uh i don't know. I, I i think she'll somehow betray jimmy and then he'll kind of write her off or it'll be like the last straw really because i think he'll just push her away mm. i think she's well, gonna get tired of it and split gotcha well, well we're gonna have to wait and see exactly. uh hrc h or sorry hrh mad cat on twitter says greetings from sydney Chuck clearly has some sort of mental illness, but fuck that guy and the horse he rode in on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's got a little yeah. bit of, uh, is it hubris? Does he have hubris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck Chuck, superiority right? for sure. Yeah. Uh, John Comas says uh, the podcast is absolutely fantastic. Thanks very much. Oh, those are some pretty fantastic words. Yeah. <laughs> Your review is fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Vince, who has a winking smiley face as his Twitter handle. I don't know. Vince off of Twitter says, you guys are killing it with the guest. It's all great, man. Thanks, Vince. Aw. And uh, my personal favorite, M.H. Duncan says, uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Or This is to uh, Mark Prokst, who uh, who plays uh, Wormald on Better Call Saul, who was on our show last, last week. Mm-hmm. We talked with him. Who also, uh, he talked about The Office and some other things on our other podcast, Nothing Important. But uh, M.H. Duncan says, uh, Mark, thanks for doing the podcast with It's All Good Men podcast. They're goofy, but fun to listen to. And that's that's probably about the best endorsement I think I could have got. <laughs> I love the goofy, but fun to listen to. Not goofy and fun to listen to. They're goofy, <laughs> but they're fun to and listen last, to. And last but not least, Ben from Australia. Yes, Good day, ben. mate. <laughs> yes, Ben, we got your email. <laughs> We've just been super de duper uh swamped lately, and we haven't forgotten about you. And uh, Ben actually sent us another audio file, 
And uh, we're going to do our best, probably not on this episode, Ben, but uh, soon we'll we'll find a place to throw it in, even if your points have already been addressed in the show, all right? Because we do appreciate that kind of uh, effort, right, Dave? Hell yeah, we do. I'll, I'll try and I'll get it in this episode, or not. You're listening to it. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And with that, Dave, go ahead, roll the theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better. Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is my apprentice, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, my friend? The price of excellence is eternal vigilance. Mm, deep. Yeah, got deep. That. I, I got uh, that from somewhere recently. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I think <laughs> oh. it's a TV show that I watch. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, the Golden Girls was full of wisdom, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, episode episode three of uh, season two, titled Amarillo. And um, as we open up, Waltz Across Texas is playing. And we see uh, Cowboy Jimmy Mm -hmm. uh, standing outside a Texas mural. And and, uh, I I think he looks rather dapper in his uh, cowboy outfit. Would that be like roping Jimmy? Right. Yeah, Jimmy? I was just gonna say. I was just trying to think of an adjective we could use instead of slipping and uh, rootin' tootin' Jimmy. I think is a pretty good one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Rootin' tootin' Jimmy. Here we go. <laughs> rootin' tootin' Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, bus from uh, Sandpiper pulls up. It breaks down, and uh, it turns out that Saul bribed the guy. That's kind of yeah, kind of break- coincidence that the bus broke down, and then the driver said, "You got five minutes." He knew it would be a five minute yeah. fix. Yeah, absolutely. And he's looking for Mrs. Uh, Urbano, who responded to one of the flyers about their class action lawsuit. And uh, I kind of like the scene. You know, he kind of does a good song and dance and paints exactly what it is he's trying to do and trying to get them to do using uh, the backdrop of... He uses a restaurant allegory. Yeah, like, you know, like a, like a little family house restaurant. You know, like all people love to go get coffee and muffins at a restaurant. And he, like, right. I love the correlation he drew with that to illustrate exactly what it was he was trying to do. And, you know, to try, just try to sound more endearing to them and less slimy. So, uh, pretty clever tactic. Well, he has, to, old, uh, he has to incept them because he can't, as we find out later, that um, he can't solicit them. So, he's just like... He Hey, there's this little story for you. And by the mm-hmm. way, this same thing is happening to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Old rootin' tootin' Jimmy hits the bullseye every time, my friend. You know what? <laughs> it's quick draw. One, one thing. Trick, quick draw McGill. Quick draw McGill. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I like about it is I was watching it with my wife, and I didn't, we didn't catch it on the first uh on the first playthrough, but she was like, where, where did he get all those clipboards? And I was like, yeah, you know what? Where the hell did he get all those clipboards? But then as I was walking in here to record and the AMC was doing the replay, it turns out he, uh, turns out he brought a bag full of clipboards. You can see it in the beginning. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course we have the opening Dave and the opening was what? It was the cigarettes on the scale. Mm -hmm. Just as you predicted slash. 
new. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's safe to say that if you if you're curious uh, as to what the openings are going to be, you could just fire up Netflix and watch like the first minute of every episode. It'll only take you about maybe twenty to, minutes total to, say, yeah. <laughs> to watch them all, <laughs> and you could you could uh, figure out what's coming up next week. But next we week, will still uh, address. Spoiler it. alert: No intro. Mm-hmm. No intro. I believe in episode four of the first season there was no intro. It just kind of went into the show. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, then we're going to have to keep our eyes peeled and see if there is an intro or if there is not. That's that's a good call. So oh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter and put in your predictions of whether or not there is going to be an intro. Uh, when it comes back, we're in the boardroom, and they are talking about the client outreach, and it turns out that Jimmy has signed up 200 new clients last week, <laughs> which is pretty damn impressive. In fact, it's so impressive. Chuck kind of takes mm. note, interrupts, yeah. interrupts the next time and says, "Hey, oh, we got to go back." And uh, yeah, are you sure? He's basically calling Jimmy out. Yeah. Be, before we get into Chuck being a dick, I did <laughs> notice that uh, Howard had a look on his face like he he was proud of Jimmy. Right. Like he was like, "Yeah, made the, made the right call with this guy." So that's that's kind of nice, you know. See some redemption there, old old Howie's coming around, you know. Because remember, he was. He was the dickhead for like the first seven episodes of the first season, and now all of a sudden, turns out he's not that bad of a guy. Right? Yeah, he's uh, he's been expressing his uh, faith in Jimmy quite a bit through the end of season mm-hmm. one and early in season two. Yeah, but but then you know uh, Chuck's being a dick. <laughs> Any questions? He uh, he almost sandbags Jimmy, and he starts questioning how he got uh, so many clients from one flyer, claiming that uh, Jimmy was doing some solicitation. It's a uh, see. I, I Chuck sees this as a your classic two bird one stone scenario. I think because he's okay. he's covering his own ass. He wants to make sure that this isn't illegal because he distrusts right. Jimmy to the point where he's like, he's gonna screw us. I got to make sure everything Jimmy does is right. So he has to call mm-hmm. him out and still be superior dick about it. <laughs> see that's a little bit deeper than i thought about it because um you know i tend to think of things in a very simple way in life dave and i was just like man that guy's just being an ass like, like he's just being a, he's just being a dick to be a dick but i see where you're coming from you know he wants to cover his own ass too and he even says that uh uh schweinard and uh, coakley will jump all over it if, if they think that there's any solicitation because that is some astronomically good numbers and they asked jimmy they give uh, jimmy the chance to explain and he pretty much says you know it's a rumor mill pretty well, that, much the whole gist of it this is is like these old people have nothing better to do than sit there and talk amongst themselves and so they you know he explains it as hey you know all the old people kind of knew about it before i got there well yeah basically uh good old sharp shooting mcgill whips out the fastest mm-hmm. tongue in, fastest tongue in the west Right, because uh, that's what I took from it is he talks he talks circles around Chuck, did the slipping mm-hmm. Jimmy type of thing, so it shut Chuck up and he had to swallow it, but he just knew he was being bullshitted. So then now yeah. Chuck <laughs> is in this power. He's just like, "Fuck you," yeah. <laughs> I do like, um, yeah, and, and I I do like the little uh, the little smirk, like you know, frankly, I'm surprised I didn't do better. Right. <laughs> So uh, then we kind of have a callback moment to uh, to last week's episode, and uh, they Jimmy tries to initiate footsie with Kim under the table, but she is not having it at all. Nope. And then that prompts Jimmy to try to prove <laughs> that that uh, he's on the up and up, and you know he kind of interrupts uh, Brian, who I remember because you know we share a name, 
Brian started. <laughs> uh, Brian started his piece of the of the meeting, and uh, Chuck interrupts or Jimmy yeah. interrupts him to assure the the boardroom that there be uh, no more meet and greets. And he uh, concedes that he can see Chuck's point that uh, that maybe it would look like solicitation. So he's going to have to find another tactic. Yeah, he's going to have to back off a little bit and uh, you know try a different mo. Right, yeah, and Kim's fucking pissed, you know, and uh, basically they have a hard time. She says uh, he follows her up the stairs, you know, and she stops out of the boardroom, heads up the stairs to her office. He follows her, and he's, you know, trying to explain himself, but not try to, get, you know, not really giving away what he did. She just knows that there's more to it, and she just kind of lays it on the line, like, "Look, I put my neck out for you. I talked Howard into putting his neck out for you. Don't fuck this up for me. Don't fuck me over with your shenanigans." And here we see a character flaw, which uh, is where Jimmy doesn't understand how his actions are reflecting upon Kim mm. and Howard, yeah, and how they stuck their neck out for him, and they're on they're the ones that are on the limb, not necessarily right. him. They have more yeah. at stake in the situation, and he doesn't really see that. She has to bring it out of him. Right, he he's just kind of like I I don't understand why these people aren't happy. Yeah. He's like, what are you giving me a yeah. handout? And she's like, well, no, I'm not giving you a handout. I am putting my reputation on the line for you. Stop right. fucking it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we cut to Mike's house, and uh, this is uh, this was the scene that we talked about in preview with the prior, where um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the preview for next week, Mike and his uh, his uh, granddaughter are playing with the toy pig, whose name is Mister Snuggles, by the way. He drops off fifteen hundred dollars. He asks if there's anything up, and this is where he learns that uh, what's her what's her name again? Stacy, isn't it? I think so. I hope uh, it is. Stacey, that's what we're gonna say. <laughs> yeah, for all intents and purposes, right now her name is Stacy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, she thought she heard gunshots uh, outside of her house. She initially uh, brushed it off as fireworks, perhaps some mischievous juveniles in the neighborhood. But nope, the next night she heard it even closer. And uh, swears that it was bullets. And this makes uh, Mike want to spend the night there, but she says no. Nope. Uh, but he, he doesn't look like he's really taking no for an answer. No, he's a little concerned. By the mm. way, this just proves that, um, yes, often incorrectly. Yeah, we are way off on what this whole scene was about in the preview. Yeah, well, that's the fun <laughs> of preview with the priors, right? That's where we speculate about what's going to happen in the next episode. Often incorrectly. Often incorrectly, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is where I had technical difficulties of my own uh, coming into it. <laughs> like, I, I had some technical difficulties, and um, I I jumped in at the part. I think I missed about a minute or so, but I jumped in when uh, uh, Slick Slick Shooter Mc, McGill <laughs> is talking to uh, to uh, Davis of Davis and Maine, and they were talking about how like the client count has started going down. Uh, over the last week since their last meeting, and they need more clients to uh, join suit. Well, that's weird because I coincidentally had the same problem. Must have mm. been an issue with AMC, I guess. Yeah, weird. But I mean, weird. but did it cut off during the Mike and Stacy scene? Or no, she said she heard the gun nights two nights in a row. There are three quick shots outside the house. That's all I remember anyway. That's all I wrote down. No, I, I I think for me, I think for me, it cut out just as it came back from commercial. Yeah, me too. But anyway, so all we anyway, missed- the. All we missed was, um, yeah, they're talking about the client count going down and zero, and zero yep. in Santa Fe. 
So then yeah. Jimmy so, starts to get ideas. Right. And, uh, and I, uh, I, he gets the idea to run a commercial. That's what my notes say, but I, I don't remember how that came about. Yeah. No, he just gets the idea to run a commercial. And he starts brainstorming. He's like, we can run it during Murder Shear. He knows the schedule of all the people and where they're going to be. So he knows that the perfect mm-hmm. time to run it is in the first act break, the first act cliffhanger of Murder She Wrote at three fifteen. Yeah, because Murder She Wrote brings all the blue hairs out like moths to a zapper. I love that little analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. yeah, but they they had a uh, but it, but it turns out they already had a TV commercial at one point for mesothelioma. Right. Yeah. They because uh, Davis or no Clifford Maine had said they ran one commercial before. And uh, he'd be mm-hmm. into doing it again. And so, right. Yeah. So then they, they check out the other commercial that they did in the past. Hold on a second. I flip pages. And do you remember mm-hmm. those old mesothelioma commercials? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was like, that was probably my favorite part of the episode was that throwback to the mesothelioma commercials. Yeah. They were yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the place back then. All over the place. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, Jimmy kind of watches the commercial and he's so completely unimpressed. That, yeah, I love that, that because they're like, they're like, hey, look at the attention to detail. They totally picked like this swirl had to be like yeah. somewhat nebulous. I knew <laughs> I knew that you would be all over that part as an audio engineer. I knew I, like as soon as he was like, yeah, they worked really hard on getting the swirl and it was nebulous and it was kind of nebulous and it was too nebulous, <laughs> you know, and then. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh man, that has Dave, Dave written all over it. Yeah. I was, but, yeah, I was uh, on that. You could see, you could uh, see the wheels, uh, start turning in, uh, Jimmy's head, you know, yeah. and even ask whatever. Where's the showmanship? Showmanship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He can do, he can do much better. So then we're back at the, uh, Alpine shepherd grandma's house. <laughs> oh, I wrote they were in a motel. My bad. No, that's no. right. Because she's coming down the stairs season? at the end. I'm retarded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the lawyer, so Liz Lemon's lawyer from Thirty Rock, is a dick in this show. <laughs> is that who it is? Yeah, he's like the teenage lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we okay. got to get him on the show because I want to ask him about something. Anyway, okay. Well, we'll we'll do our best. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're at Alpine Shepherd Lady's house, and um, and now are the the two cameramen that he is with are, are those the two cameramen that helped them film the billboard stunt in season one yes those are the two same cameramen they seem to be his go-to guys at this point because mm-hmm. they're film students right. and you know which is funny to yeah. me i like the part where they're like he's like you know this is going to be broadcast all over a tv media market and he's like i don't care it doesn't pay a 100 bucks each like all he wants is a hundred bucks right like he doesn't give a shit about the exposure which in reality you should probably care more about the exposure than a crappy hundred dollar payday but awesome yeah Yeah. okay so then he goes over exactly how he wants to film you know granny in a rocking chair you know she's uh the camera pans in she's clutching her clutching her shoulder and her shawl there's no there's no heat you know they're they're, uh, you know, what are, what are these people doing to this nice old lady? Like really setting the tone for the kind of commercial that he wants and setting a good foundation to explain the commercials that we know that he makes in Breaking Bad. Like super sleazy appeal to yep. whatever emotion, whether this is it's definitely uh, the start of that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. I, I actually, for a minute there, I thought we were going to get our first taste of uh, uh, Saul 
on camera like oh you no know, like a like a. I didn't see that see i'm i'm so far i'm all about the slow burn now i don't expect anything to have like, it's all gonna be step by step yeah no big yeah deal. i'm totally enjoying it though i i, I oh, yeah. for the record i i do like the side the slow burn absolutely i did have my uh, first eye roll moment though okay i think i know what you're gonna episode. say but go for it okay what's that what do you think it is any idea yeah. Ready for my close-up, Mr. McGill? It was ready for my close-up, Mr. McGill. <laughs> that Sunset Boulevard reference that we all love so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I I saw that, and I was just like, ah, I don't know what I think about that, but yeah. I had a feeling you were you were probably you were probably harumphing. It was that, a it was, <laughs> it was a, a a chuckled eye roll. How about that? I I did chuckle yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, but like it was cute. Yeah. It it it, was, it wasn't overly obnoxious. I it, it was cute. I think because it was an old lady that sold it. Like if it was like a twenty right five or like thirty five year old woman, then it was the it was the uh, what do you call that? The chair down the stairs thing. Yeah, the lift. Yeah, yeah the it was the lift. chair lift that did it. Because in the movie, I think she's descending the stairs and saying that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll let them have it. We'll let them have that one. We won't shit on it too bad. It was no. a little cringy, but like it was, it was, it was cute. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll there's. I'm sure a lot of people laughed pretty good at that joke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we smash cut to Mike in the car eating his pimento sandwich, and he's on a stakeout. And uh, this is what I found kind of interesting, right? Because uh, nice, by the way, his, nice with the pimento sandwich. Props. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Call I know that, stuff every once in a while. Call that recall. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he's on a stakeout and he's trying to figure out exactly what's going on because there was the, you know, it was reported to him that there was gunshots and such next to the house. And, you know, we, we see a car approach in the distance we hear some like dull thumps. Mike gets his gun. It's all very tense. The and music, just tur- Dave Porter gets that music cranking up a little bit. Yeah. Right on <laughs> Dave Porter. He was on our show a couple weeks ago. Look it up. <laughs> and uh, turns out it was just somebody delivering newspapers. Just a goddamn paper boy. Now, you know what's funny about that is before everybody shits on that and they think that's entirely unrealistic. What, the car driving down the street throwing out papers? Well, no. The, the sound of the newspapers making people think it's gunshots and such. That's actually... Uh, happened not too long ago in uh, California, where the LAPD shot up two ladies in a pickup truck who were delivering, <laughs> who were delivering newspapers early in the morning. Jesus, yeah, that just happened like recently within the last year. So it's not it's not too far off the mark. Well, I would imagine um, a stack of papers could make that sound, but not. So, are we saying that that is the sound that Stacy's been hearing? Well, Mike even addresses that later in the episode. Remember, like he thinks. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, we've all pulled all nighters. Like, you know, like late late at night, you go to the bathroom, and what's the loudest noise in the world? Like your pee hitting the toilet, right? Like all of a sudden, your pee sounds like ten times louder than it does during the day. And usually, every step you take sounds like ten times louder than it does during the day, right? Usually, it's when I smack thing. my face off the door because I trip over something in my room. But yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but like. You know, early hours and uh, hour, late hours of the night, sound tends to travel farther and it's and it's louder. You know, because everything's shutting down, there's less there's less ambient noise to filter it out. So I can see if you were groggy and in bed and you're already on edge because your husband died, 
You know, and then, uh, you know, Mike is obviously up to something where he's just bringing weird envelopes of $1,500 to your house. Right. I can see how that'd make you nervous if you're laying in bed late at night and all you hear is a bunch of thump, thump, thump. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if it was rapid fire, I mean, they're not throwing papers out thump, thump, thump. This isn't Chris Griffin. Well, <laughs> it's not Chris Griffin. Well, <laughs> you like that? No, because it started well, blocks well, away. Okay, you know? well, like she heard it off in the distance well, the night before. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because, okay, so let's remember that point later as we get to that part of the episode. So that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So we're going to circle back on that in a minute. Okay. Okay. Remember that. Uh, okay. That's on you. All right. So morning comes, <laughs> we'll never talk about it again. Then. <laughs> so, morning comes and uh, Mike heads to work, which is nice. It's, it's nice to see Mike actually arrive for work, but uh, has not slept a wink. And it's light out this time. Yeah. Swing shift back in action. Yeah, absolutely. But he's not at work very long where he gets a call for his granddaughter. And, uh, you know, it's it's the whole classic, oh, my God, what happened? Like, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> like, yeah. That's that that's one trope I could probably do without. I, just, I, I don't really. I just realized something, though. Hmm. I missed the note, but I'm going to circle. Speaking of circling back and forgetting. Mm-hmm. The reason I said the price of excellence is eternal vigilance is because that takes place with Chuck and Mike. Mike is being eternally vigilant. Okay. But it's costing him sleep. Mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to work that in there because he gets to work, then he immediately gets a phone call, then he goes looking for work, then he gets woken up like that night, right? So Mike's like on a really weird path right now. Ah. Gotcha. Totally. See, like everything comes full circle in these fucking shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so morning comes and Mike heads to work. Uh, he gets a call, does the whole, what? What happened? I'll be right there. And uh, man, that's another one of those things. As much as I like the show, that's that's one thing that typically ruins movies and shows for me. Right. Is that trope. That I trope, like, I, yes. I don't like, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll let it slide because uh, I really like the show, but. Yeah, that Normally, one. That's that one flew over my head the whole like because I was just like, okay, they're setting something up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he 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 heads back to his granddaughter's house, and she's claiming that this chunk of concrete that's out of the wall was made from a bullet. I thought that was a and, cactus. Uh, no, it, she was pointing. She was pointing to the the crack on the wall. Oh, I thought that was a like cactus. there was a chunk of. No, it was like a blue part of the wall. Like there was a chunk out of it. It was green and striped. Poppycock. Uh oh. <laughs> we're in, we're in a disagreement yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. So uh, whoever out there wants to correct us, go ahead and correct us. We're I'm trying to get the recording done right now, <laughs> so I'm not gonna go back <laughs> and check. I say it was the corner of the garage, and Mike didn't believe it because it looked like it had already been a chunk out of the garage. Because as I saw it. It was even a chunk that was already painted over. So how could it be? How could it be like just happened from a bullet? Dave thinks it was a cactus. Uh, so feel free to either tell me if I'm correct or if Dave is wrong. <laughs> Hit us up on. <laughs> All right. So here's the best way to settle it, folks. You guys probably have a better memory than we do. We might be interpreting this wrong. Uh, I'll tell you what. Whoever retweets this episode and in the tweets puts the correct answer as to whether or not it's a cactus or the side of their house. First person to do that, I will send you a Better Call Saul t-shirt. Now, it's a size large. I don't have any uh, 
control over that because AMC was nice enough to send us a box of t-shirts. Right, Dave? That is correct. And since yes. uh, we are of the larger persuasion, mm-hmm. Gentlemen we won't of be big keeping stature. all of them and wearing them exclusively <laughs> because we can't afford to buy new clothes. Right. <laughs> exactly. So if you want a Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad t-shirt from AMC, retweet this episode with the answer, whether it's a cactus or it's the side of the building. First person to do that, I'll send you a DM. You send me your address and I'll send you a shirt. Everybody else, keep listening. I have a bunch of these shirts. I'll have all sorts of contests to win them. And the and the shirt will be autographed by the loser of the bet, which will be Brian. Yep. I'll, I'll sign it, sure. <laughs> but then I just ruin the value of the shirt. <laughs> well, that's what you get for wanting free shit from a crappy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> all right. So, so uh, correct us, retweet it, get your shirt. All right, moving on. Okay, before we go on, mm-hmm. what... I'm confused here. So Mike, okay. Mike's staking out Stacy's house. Right. Then he goes to work. Right. She calls him and he goes to her house and says at 2.13 in the morning, she heard three shots. One of them hit the Indeed. tree or house, whatever we right. think it is. And well, he thought like, it was a cactus. I think it's the house. Yes. Right. So then Mike's like, we got to get you out of the house. But if he was staking out the house at 2.13 in the morning, then he would have heard the shots. So was he not there at 2.13? Okay, see, now that's 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 a good point. It's kind of, uh, I think we touched on this earlier when I said we'll, we'll circle back to this. That was, um, see, it was kind of ambiguous because why didn't he just say, uh, hello, I was here. None of that happened, but he didn't. He seems like contemplative. He doesn't like, want actually, her to know. He obviously doesn't want her to know he's taken out. That was That's how you interpreted that? Yeah, he's going to hide that yeah. from her because he offered, she said no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's just doing it on the sly because, you know, the pat, the cost of excellence is eternal vigilance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when, when he says, uh, you know, we got to get you guys out of this house, do you think he's, he's referring more for their sanity than their actual safety? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, very in-depth analysis there, Dave. That's <laughs> Unless they explained it and I missed something because, you know, things. No, no, that was, that was pretty much it. Like he was, he was saying, uh, you know, he was kind of acting like it was already there. She said, no, she knows she heard gunshots. He just kind of looked around and thought about it for a second. He said, I got to get you guys out of here. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. Weird. Yeah. So there, there's more to that than meets the eye. Meets the eyes. Yes. Yeah. yeah Transformers. Very, uh, very, very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Transformers. <laughs> very transformative yes all right so then we head on to uh jimmy's corporate apartment jim and Uh, kim big bull jim and kim and jimmy's uh corporate apartment big bowl of balls ha 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 and uh you know jimmy does have a nice big screen tv though well you know he's gay he's on a partner track Mm, yeah yeah. lots of lots of empty bases too it's the law remember it's the law. But they're there to see the debut of Jimmy's big commercial. And, of course, you know, we see the old lady in the rocking chair and, uh, it, you know, it, uh, fake tears with the Visine and everything. And Kim is actually pretty damn impressed. She said it looks professional. 
Exactly. Yeah. Look yeah. at those kids. They are gonna they are gonna transfer to a four year university from their junior college any day now. <laughs> and mostly, it seemed like Kim was super happy that uh, Jimmy appeared to have followed the rules. Right. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. supposedly had cleared it through Clifford Maine. And then Jimmy's all well, like, no, well, no, I'm in charge. Tra- she, no, she thinks so. And then he doesn't right, stop well, her, she- and she's like, no, this is my department. I'm in charge. Then you have that moment of where Jimmy's like. No, you, you, are, you are way ahead. What? You are way ahead. No. Because there's a bunch that went on between that. But keep those thoughts, okay. So anyway, she seems impressed, happy that he followed the rules. You know, and as the scene ends, Jimmy's, uh, it kind of like, you know, focuses in on Jimmy's face. You can see his wheels turning. And uh, when he's, and then it shows him back at the office. And as he's working, he keeps staring at the tape on his no, desk. No, no, you, you missed something. No, because what you're talking about comes in later. Mm-mm. It does. When, when, it comes when he gets in, a call? This comes in first. No, this is before he gets the call. This is right when Kim sees it. And she's like, I can't believe Clifford Bain approved okay, so. of it. And he's like, yeah, but he knows he didn't get the approval. And you see the look on Jimmy's face where he's like, this oh. is my show. I don't need to call. That's why. That's why he went uh, to the door later and turned around and went back because he was thinking about the thing that Kim had said on the couch. Oh, very nice. Well played. Okay, well, then I stand corrected. So, okay, got it. Yeah, he was he was trying to get the balls to show it to the boss, but uh, he, he didn't turn around. Okay, cool. That he, puts a lot of that in context. Because this is the whole um, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, nice. Nice. Good call. All right, cool. Cool. It's still not a cactus that got shot, though. But that's that's good. That's a good pickup. Where where it's a, ty- where it's a tyrantula. Out. Tyrantula, Doug. Um, <laughs> so uh, our buddy uh, Joe DeRosa returns. The vet. He's he's back. Well, we did skip. And he offers. Wait. Well, we didn't mention the fact that he uh, does send the tape out after he turns around yes. from the office. He goes back. Says we got to get this off to UPS. To the station in San Jose, yeah. Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah, right. He he goes, uh, starts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like uh, just like you said, asking for forgiveness instead of asking for permission, and he goes ahead and puts the uh, puts the order in for the airtime. That's right. Ballsy move. There's no balls left in those bowls. <laughs> big, using them all up. Bolo. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, so now Joe DeRosa returns. Welcome back, right. Joe DeRosa. Welcome back, Joe DeRosa, as the vet, who, uh, once again, we've had um, on our show. So you might want to check it out, www.itsallgoodman.com. And he gives Mike um, he gives Mike a bodyguard job for $200, but uh, I have some technical difficulties in here as well, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he made a comment that if you want the if you want the big money clients, you kind of got to prove yourself. Yeah, right? basically, what happened is uh, he didn't want to do it. He's and he said, uh, you know, you could do other work. Um, I think it was like a to shut somebody up or to keep somebody quiet or mm-hmm. something. And and Mike's like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not breaking any legs. You know, I don't want to do that. And then he says, Well, if you want next level pay, you got to do next level work. Yeah. And uh, Mike contemplates it, and he says, Okay, we'll give you the, uh, the give me the bodyguard job. Right, because he he now has new motivation to get his uh his granddaughter and daughter in law out of their house. Also, he's getting deeper into the local crime scene, so he can try and figure out what the hell's going on. Mm, indeed, mm, just like a cop. 
Yep, just like, <laughs> just like a cop. Mike the Onion. But it was good to see. Mike the Onion with many layers. Mm, indeed. Very Shrek. Very Shrek. <laughs> so then I thought it was funny. They cut the commercial. And uh-huh. there was like, a... Like real life commercial. Like, yeah, right? actual commercial in the show. I, a commercial caught my eye, and it was a settlement funding commercial like if you're anticipating a settlement you can get a cash advance on it blah 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 and i just thought it was hilarious Mm. because eventually if this class action suit or rico case it's going to come down to a settlement probably so all these old people are going to be waiting for their settlements so this will be an appropriate commercial to run in Mm. that situation so so life was imitating art pretty much in a way yes 15 yeah it would be 10 years after saul supposed to have aired but yes Mesothelioma. Awesome. Indeed. Mm. Uh, so we're back to saw, uh, Jimmy waiting for for calls. He's staying in his office next to the painting, and they're making sure they show the painting in the shot because what's about to happen is the result of his shady maneuver, the slip and Jimmy part of the lawyer practice. It's foreshadowing a little Perfect. bit, you know. Perfect. So then Saul is uh, back to waiting for calls. It starts with a trickle, and then it floods every line. Well, I like how he did the little abracadabra move. Like he's he's waiting for the influx, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, okay, the commercial's done airing. This is it. A little abracadabra B." And then he does the disappointed, and then there's another trope where it's not going to happen. Here we go, and then it happens. And then it happens. Fucking with my emotions. Ta-da! <laughs> That's what they need, like the fanfare, like yeah, <laughs> like a Adam Sandler end of the movie orchestra swell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> and then uh, it cuts back to Mike, who um, receives a call from the vet about a big money guy. And I started getting all super stoked about who the big money guy could possibly be. And I was like, okay, well, you know, like maybe this is going to be some sort of a big reveal. I was thinking Tuco or Nacho. See, I was thinking Gus. I was thinking that it was maybe Nacho setting him up to take him out. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically requested you late at night. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what I was thinking. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then and then we cut back to uh, Jimmy and Kim who are watching uh, movies about the North Pole. And I noticed that he mentioned Ice Station Zebra. Which, if you remember in Breaking Bad, that was uh, one of <laughs> Saul's uh, fake companies was uh, who who they made a checkout to was Ice Station Zebra. I did not know that. That is yeah. awesome because that moment is so influential in Jimmy's life mm-hmm. that he remembered it. Yep. You know, to use make it a company about it later. So I like how they wrote that in a you know in there reverse engineered it into his timeline. And I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But let's face it, I'm probably not going to. In Breaking Bad, when they, he, I believe it was something to the context of make the check out the Ice Station Zebra. And then they looked at him like, what the fuck does that mean? And he just kind of played it off like, ah, oh, it's just this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, so Ice Station Zebra, Breaking Bad reference. See, this is, this is how our dynamic, why I think our dynamic is awesome. Because you pick up on those things. Mm-hmm. Like the tangible things yeah. and the throwbacks and the references, and I get like the conceptual, deep pothead behind the meaning things. 
Well, that's why that's why I get a box of uh, that's why I get a box of t-shirts we can't fit into sent to me, Dave. That's why <laughs> that kind of thing right there. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, Ice Station Zebra's people, playing. People said, "What does podcast do for you?" I got twenty Breaking Bads and Better Call Saul t-shirts that I'll never fit into. What up? Shit's priceless, bitches. Can't monetize your move. Your move, better cast Saul. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have more listeners than we do. <laughs> oh my god, easily, yeah. The bald move guys, totally. But good, good guys. We talked to them uh, about a year ago. Good guys. Yeah, check it out on our, on our other podcast. Nothing important. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a late night. Okay. Uh, and then as they're sitting there having a nice, uh, lovely moment together, kind of basking in the glory and getting ready to celebrate the success of the commercial. Of course, Jimmy gets a call and, uh, what's that guy's name? Cliff, right? Clifford is a big red dog. Yeah. Clifford. He is pissed, man. That Jimmy went behind his back. That's right. He called him, and, a, he called uh, him a goddamn had- arsonist. Right. Yeah. It's going to burn the place down. And Jimmy tries to rationalize it by like, Hey, we got so many clients in. And uh, no, man, now Jimmy's on the burner, 8 o'clock a.m., meeting with the partners. They want to see it. Yeah. He he uh, he plays it off well, though. <laughs> like, he does the whole, like, oh, thanks, Cliff. Right. <laughs> well, the other one's going, if you'd right. like to make a call, please hang up and try. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is then as he walks back into the room, Kim is all proud of him, and she refers to him as Golden Boy. And I'm pretty sure Golden Boy is a Breaking Bad reference, too. Okay, so I missed that because, and then I also missed. He said something like, "Does something does so and so blow it up yet?" Was what I caught. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy's about to blow it up. See parallel. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, Golden Boy nice. wasn't that the uh, Nintendo sixty four game that I used to whoop your ass in back in college? No, that's Golden Eye. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, proximity mines in the temple. But I am pretty sure that there uh, that that's a that's a slight Breaking Bad reference. So uh, feel free, folks, to uh, hit us up on Twitter or on uh, on our website and let me know um, if I'm right or wrong. And then lastly, uh, we finally see uh, Mike. He's at the meeting with the big money client. Dave apparently already knew that it was Nacho. I thought it was going to be somebody infinitely cooler. <laughs> Nacho isn't cooler. Hey, hey, don't insult Michael Mando, who we also had on our podcast. You can check it out at <laughs> right. allgoodman.com. <laughs> no, not not that it is it isn't cool. I just thought it was going to be like like a surprise. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? Like I thought it was going to be like a like like oh, this is it. Like this is where you know this uh, this character. Because then I was trying to think like who's older than Gus in the timeline, and then I started thinking like uh, the, the uh, <laughs> or or like Hector, right? The guy in the wheelchair, Hector. Uh, yeah, Tio, same thing. Yeah, because Tio means uncle. Is it the same guy? It's his uncle. Oh, Tio. Yeah. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said Tito. Oh no, like, there's T-I-T-O. no there's no Tito. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't remember that guy. <laughs> We're just making up characters. It was Isabella. Yeah, Isabella. No. No, so anyway, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be some sort of big reveal and callback. And uh nope, it's it's Nacho. No, they uh, set you up. They some... probably set they set that up just so people would be expecting or anticipating yeah. a reveal. I didn't yeah, fall for it this good. time, my friends. Yeah, yeah. They got us good. It's Nacho. And uh, apparently he wants Mike to uh to kill a guy. He needs but a we guy don't know who that is to go away. Yeah. And uh, we don't know who that is, do we, Dave? No, I'll bet it's going to be some sort of Breaking Bad reference or something. <laughs> maybe it'll, 
Maybe it'll be Ken. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, Dave, overall, what did you think of episode three of season two? A lot happened. Yeah. Um, You know what the... You know what the funny thing about the pacing of this episode? At one point, I remember it felt like it was on forever, and I looked at the clock, and I'm like, oh, it's only halfway done, and then I blinked, and all of a sudden, the show was over. Yeah, so I don't it know did, if it picked it up in pace to, on the second. Yeah, like, I have so many more notes from the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more yeah. setting things up and, like, getting into details about things, longer, more detailed scenes, heavier scenes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Good show though. But, very, very. Uh, yeah, the goddamn very cliffhangers, man. I want to see what happens with the partner meeting. I want to see what happens with Mike and the guy he needs to take out. I want yeah. to see the cactus get chopped down. Absolutely. Well, uh, lots to look forward to in episode four and beyond. Uh, it is a ten episode season, so we're we're not even halfway through. So there's still a good amount to go. Uh, make sure to check us out at itsallgoodman.com. Uh, remember that second S I T S S A U L G O O D M A N dot com. If I spelt that correctly, uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at I S G M podcast. (laughs) 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 Just hit us up on Twitter and go to our webpage, all that good stuff. Make sure to check us out on the nothing important podcast. And if listening from earlier, hit up, hit us up on Twitter with the answers to our question. Win yourself a t-shirt. Was it a cactus or was it the side of the building? All right, folks. Well, let us know what you think. Of course, we love your participation. We love that you're listening to us. Please make sure that you spread the word. Make sure that you check out the Nothing Important Podcast. We got some other guests uh, coming up this week. A bunch of really cool dudes. Uh, man, I want to say who they are, but I can't because what's going to happen is the minute I say it, and then, we re- and then they'll cancel. Right. Or, or, or flake on the recording, and then I said that they were going to be on, and then come Saturday when we upload nothing important, uh, they're not going to be on. So just trust us, some kick-ass people. If we record, can I say? Before I, preview I want to give them. one hint. Okay, go ahead. We have a tentative confirmation from somebody that's actually been on The Simpsons, because that is the coolest thing yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm loving it, but uh, mostly more than anything, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating, and uh, we'll see you next week. Dave? Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. It's all.